She just wants to be beautiful. She goes unnoticed. She knows no limits. She craves attention. She praises an image. She prays to be sculpted by the sculptor. Hello, podcast oh, audience. I'm so happy to have you all here with me this week on the Feel Podcast. I'm super honored today. We are going to be talking to our nation's educators and teachers because over the last two years, talk about a group that has been through it. It's already challenging to be a teacher or an educator of any kind in our education system in this country. There is already challenges that come with working with kids, with being the most underpaid people in America, in my opinion. And for what you do, for the time you put in, there's already a lot with that. Then let's just throw in the last two years of the pandemic, the divisiveness in our country, and what has been asked of our teachers and educators in the midst of that, in not only teaching these kids in ways that they have never had to do before, but also the toll is taken on them as they've just walked themselves and their kids through the emotions of such a unique time in the history of our country. And we talked about it on our staff and thought we need to talk to the teachers. They can speak to us more so than anybody about emotional care and boundaries and effect that is had on them and putting those things into play and how that's allowed them to survive or if they don't, if they've learned to. And just the toll this time is taken on that and just give them a voice and a chance to share their experiences with, with each other. Our teachers today are Clay Kennedy from Lubbock Cooper High School in Lubbock, Texas. Amy Vandermoss from, Her- are you Heritage High School still? Okay. Amy, Amy and I've been together for years. I'm like, oh yeah, she's still at Heritage? Yes, she is. Heritage High School, where she's currently a librarian, but has been a Spanish teacher, a counselor, has been teaching. Are you at the 30-year mark yet? I'm 32. 32. Wow. Oh, yeah. When did when did we mm-hmm. when did we start aging like this? Oh, I goodness. am. Okay. <laughs> 32. But she doesn't look like it. So I'm telling you that right now. Um, she's aged well. <laughs> And then Morgan Kirkpatrick, who is at Hutchinson Middle School here in Lubbock, Texas as well. I know Clay and Morgan through a youth in service program that through my job at the Volunteer Center of Lubbock, we facilitate with 40 area middle schools and high schools. So that is how I'm connected with Clay and Morgan, and they were willing to be part of this conversation. Amy, for those of you that have been with us from the beginning, you met her in season one on the Friends episode. And Amy and I have been together as friends for close to 40 years, growing up together and then um, staying connected throughout life. And we've done a lot of life together, but I knew Amy would have a really unique lens um, in her roles in the education system. And so that is how I know these wonderful people, to learn more about them, sources that help them, more about their background. Follow us on our Instagram at Embracing Layers, and also check out EmbracingLayers.com for episodes. I will blog about this episode. They will share their resources, all those things you can check out at both of those places. So first of all, teacher friends, thank you for being with me today. I am so appreciative of you. I'm going to start with Morgan, and I'm going to do this a little different today. I'm going to have each of my 
um, educator friends share their own character traits real quick before we jump into this. So Morgan, let's start with you. Share with us some character traits that you would use to describe yourself. I think I would have to start with loyal. And then I guess I would call myself an organized multitasker. Um, (laughs) I think that has come just from my almost 14 years of teaching. Um, Flexible. I remember being a word used in one of my college courses, and that was our our mentor's word for the year. And I feel like that is one of the number one character traits teachers have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Amy, how about you? Loyal would be a big one, which is funny that Morgan said that because that was the first thing that came to my mind for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I would say uh, I'm a, a friendly introvert and not easily flustered. Yes. And I can speak to all those because I know her very well. Uh, Clay, how about you? Open-minded, dramatic, (laughs) and good-humored. Yes. I, 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 and you all, yeah, you all have nailed yourselves very well based on my experiences with you. So thank you for sharing those with us. All right, y'all. Today, we're going to launch into we're going to go right in. We're going to go hard. And this is really going to be, I think, also as we're talking through these, speak to how these have changed for you. Maybe how they were, as we bring up each talking point, maybe where you were before two years ago and what you've learned about yourself through this. So feel free to speak to your experience that way. I am going to start with the first one being how to prioritize self-care in your life and what that looks like for you. And I'm going to start with Clay on this one. Well, of course, we make time for what matters to us, Mm, you know, and I know all of us, I certainly have, um, you know, struggle with what I know is best for me and then what I'm really willing and able to do. But setting a time, letting others uh, letting others know what you're doing and seeing what you're doing so they can expect and understand, you know, what I'm going to be pro- prioritizing for myself. You know, if I'm going to be, you know, making sure I've got an exercise uh, regimen or, you know, a work expectation for my wife and my family to know that those are things I'm going to be doing and when I'm going to be doing on a consistent basis, that certainly helps. Yeah. So being open and honest and consistent is the thing that, you know, helps me prioritize what I'm doing. I mean, I can do what I want to do, but I want to make sure that those around me, you know, are okay with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Have you noticed a difference? Have you had to put a different priority on that in this last two years? You know, certainly we've had to rearrange our schedules and, you know, had to think differently about what and why I'm, I'm, uh, engaging my very, those various aspects of my life. Yeah. My fitness routine has seemed to you know, I've I've come to think maybe it's even more important than I'd than I'd always thought, or sure. perhaps was more beneficial than I realize. And 
work, maybe learning that it, you got to be more flexible or let, I don't know, I don't want to say less committed, but realizing that things are going to ebb and flow and and my, uh, what I think's going to happen, you know, I got to <laughs> let go of that some. So sure. <laughs> you know, and, and then of course, you know, how important family and home life, uh, needs to be because, you know, that's the base and that's the rock and that's, yeah, you know, that's a place to return to after I do all those other things. So sure. And feeling like a place of rest, you know, I th- would think would be really important too in that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You got to recover. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, Amy, how about you? Even though my job has been less stressful, I still have to have that exercise. A lot of it's just to get the jitters out and yeah. that, that mental health, um, that's been a really big priority for me. And I don't do like long runs or, you know, long anything I do like, Hey, if I can do it in 30 minutes, I'm good. You know, just get it out and get ready and learning to have silence. That's Mm. been, I think one of the harder things in our society is learning to just sit in silence. Yeah. Um, I just finished reading this book that both our kids and our uh, son-in-law just finished reading. And it's called the ruthless elimination of hurry by John Mark Homer. Oh, uh, it's a really good book. He's he's a, a former head pastor at a church out here, and he's kind of stepped down and just, he's still a pastor, but he just, this kind of led him to make some changes in his life. And um, sure. he wrote this book and has a podcast and stuff as well. And it's good to just take stock of your life and learning to be silent. Like you don't always have to have things going on around you. And it's hard sometimes because you are so used to having whether it's technology or, you know, the TV on, or, you know, also just being in a school, you have people around you all the time. And sometimes it's hard to just be sit alone with your thoughts. And that's been something that I have learned to do. And, um, you know, and just for me, just inviting God into that space, because I can hear a lot more from him when I'm quiet and there's nothing else in the background. And so it's been hard. So that's been a big thing as well lately. Yeah, absolutely. Morgan, how about you? Well, in the past two years, um, I've leaned really hard on a group of friends that we started Mm -hmm. a group text to make plans for the Friday before that spring break of 2020. Um, (laughs) We were all teachers at the same school minus one, and we just stuck together in that group text and have continued to be there to support each other, whether it's to laugh or to cry. Yeah. And then this this year I've taken advantage of the district's employee assistance program with counseling. Mm, good um, idea. I've been seeing a counselor and um it's it's really helped me work through some things that I've struggled with from the stress of the past 2 years. Sure. Um I know uh, Clay mentioned his workout routine and and the importance of that. And that's something that I haven't been able to prioritize. And so that's something I'm I'm trying to get back to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that release of, I don't think we realize how much stress is built up in our bodies until we do a good workout and we're like, oh, wow, I was really bound up. And you get done, you're like, oh, that get, I mean, I know that I've noticed that more the last couple of years, even once I started paying attention to it. Yes. So our teacher of the year from last year used some of the money that she got from another award and became a, a social emotional yoga 
instructor. Wow. And has, has started leading yoga after school at 4.30 um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays for teachers. And wow. that this, this week I was able to make it to one and I um, just felt so much better. Yeah. I, I laid down on my mat at halfway through the class and just realized that I just needed to be still and quiet. And mm. they went on with, with the routine. And, and she said at the end, she's like, that's the beauty of yoga is that you're, you're able to do it at your pace and what you need for yourself in that day and that moment. Yeah. I love how you've all kind of talked about that. I mean, I think that's just that, that moment of to take stock and just be like, and take a breath, mm-hmm. you know, and just take a breath and refill. We are going to move to confidently setting boundaries. And what I mean by that is putting kind of boundaries on your time and what you can give yourself to. Teachers are asked to, you guys are asked to stretch yourself so thin. And so have you found in this time that you've had to set some more boundaries and step back about what you can commit to, or if you've been asked, and this might be the real clicker here, asked to kind of like not have any boundaries and what, what that's cost you because of what you've been asked to do as teachers that has been so different than any other time and, and probably think nothing you were ever trained for prior to that. So, so I think this is going to be a little spin on this on this topic. And I'm, I'm curious to hear about you. And let's, Amy, let's start with you. Yeah, it's interesting because as I took over um, the library, you know, three days before school started in 2019, um, and then, you know, not having any training um, and just sort of like jumping into the, you know, frying pan. Yeah. Um, I had to learn, you know, what to prioritize. Yeah. And so that was a good lesson for me in, in boundaries. And when people were asking me to do things, different people having different priorities um, that I was, you know, working with in the library. And I had to sort of take control of, we need to make sure that these sort of things happen because it's affecting teachers and students. Mm. Whereas the person may have been a, a little bit more, oh, this is too much. We can't handle that. And sort of reactionary. Sure. Um, so, uh, that was something that, and just, at, just coming out of the classroom as well, um, right. I knew what teachers needed and I knew yeah. that I needed to take care of them. It wasn't about me. You know, I was, sec- we were secondary in the library. We were support. So that was something that I had to learn was just priorities. Um, and then as it's gone on and through the role that I had to take on during COVID, I had to learn to, okay, this is what I need to do. I'm going to put this off to the side and I'll come back to that later. Mm-hmm. And my priority needs to be supporting teachers and, and students. Um, obviously, yeah. we didn't see students until later on, but definitely yeah. teachers and um, not worrying about some of this other stuff that wasn't necessarily a priority. So yeah, just a, a yeah. big learning curve. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Morgan, what about you? Well, my mind went several different ways when you brought up this question. It started that virtual spring of 2020 when we were, the students had picked up their Chromebooks and we were transitioning into to full on virtual mode. It was it was just as if not more exhausting than the regular day in the classroom because we never, I never turned it off. Um, And I feel like we all came to that, that realization that, you know, we did need to set those boundaries, even if students were emailing or messaging or turning in assignments at 12 a.m. or 3 a.m. because um, 
that was that was very hard because you had access and you had the ability to respond if you happened to be awake and see the notification. Yeah. Um, but then this this past year, the since you know we've been back in the classroom. Um, I mean, Texas has been back in the classroom. Yeah, since, Texas is a little different than Washington. <laughs> since August 2020. Um, <laughs> but trying to set boundaries with in the classroom and focus on, on because the kids are not okay. Yeah. Um, and, and focusing on what, what they need and being able and willing to set aside the scope and sequence and the pacing guide and mm. doing what the kids need in the moment. And and that has always been hard for me because of the testing requirements and, yeah. and, and that accountability um, that luckily was, was kind of set aside last spring, but it hasn't been set aside this year. And so that's been tough. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's, you brought up a couple of really important points about the kids and the effect it's had on them. And then there's all these dang teaching requirements when these kids, you know, for various reasons, emotionally, or they had, didn't have good access to technology, or they just had, you know, trouble learning virtually are behind and, and they just need to be taken care of into a certain way and felt supported and not feel like they're behind because they're hearing it all the time. They're behind, they're behind, you know, and that has a toll too. So I'm glad you brought that up. And then how do you balance that taking care of them and showing up from them emotionally the way they need, but also preparing them for these things that life isn't stopping, you know, in that I think that's a really, wow, that's a, that's a challenging one. And then, and also just the fact, you know, I had to adjust to that working from home. I worked from home for a year and a half for the volunteer center and that like, okay, it's five o'clock. I've got to shut my computer. I'm going to walk out my door and go for a walk around the block to create some separation between my work day and walking back in my home and it being my home and yes. not, but that was hard. Like, because you have access to it all the time. I could just keep going. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I have no separation here. And so this place that's supposed to be my rest place is not feeling restful right now because it's serving dual roles. So yeah, I'm glad you spoke to that. Clay, how about you? Well, I mean, when, <laughs> when, uh, when the, this question of boundaries arises, my first thought is, oh yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm constantly, I've talked with my other fellow teachers and my wife, you know, about how I need to learn to say no. And then the next opportunity comes up to say no. And I say, okay, yeah. I I can do that. so I mean, I don't know about boundaries. I do what I can do. I feel like I, you know, if I can suit up and show up and, you know, why are they asking me to do it anyway? They went to somebody else and they said no, you know, or, um, or is it, I just need to feel, um, you know, valued and, and, uh, needed, you know, am I, yeah. is I, am I trying to fulfill some lack in myself, you know, that I can't yeah. say, uh, no, I mean, I really do have a full plate at work. And then, mm -hmm. of course, trying to realize that what really counts are my is is my family and my home. And I need to say, yeah. why don't let me let me wedge them in, too. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, you know, 
I think I am at a point where I really do realize, you know, any kind of a real commitment, I just can't do it. So yeah, I mean, there are things I have, there are things that I have to say, gosh, I'd love to do that. But I mean, yeah, uh, I wouldn't be able to, you know, pull that off. So, but really I, I would have never, I don't know, 20 years ago. I mean, uh, as a younger person growing up, I would have never thought of myself as a morning person. Mm-hmm. But in these past several years now, I rise early. I mm. drive a bus route. So, and I've you been do? Doing I, I've been doing that for <laughs> I did not know years. That. So, I drive a morning and afternoon bus route. And so, that's that's an early gig anyway. And so then I realized if I'm going to get my workout in, uh, it's really tough to do that at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, not only because, you know, you're tired and mm-hmm. that's another hour, you know, or two that I'm not home, you know, sure. and so I've worked all day and, and then I'm still, you know, so I learned to get up early. And so I rise, I get up at four o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh. And really 340. That's when I get up. And I've been <laughs> doing that a long time now. I mean, that's wow. not something I just tried recently. Yeah. And I kind of can't wait to get up. I mean, sometimes I wake up early and I look up at my alarm and I'm like, okay. Another <laughs> so I, I'm able to do that. And really those morning hours, I get up early and I go to the kitchen and I do a few kitchen chores and get my coffee. And this year, one of my, you know, my new year's resolution that I wanted to do was to try to start sketchbooking and journaling. I've maintained that since, I mean, my first entry in my sketchbook is January 4th. Wow. I've done one every day since then, you know, and um, pretty much every day. And so I'll sit and I'll kind of write and I'll listen to a podcast or um, listen to a news feed or something. And then, you know, at five o'clock I'm in the gym. Yeah. Figuring out that if I, if I have these personal care things, the me time. Yeah. Getting up early and being able to do that where I'm not compromising the time that I need to be with other people and serving you know, yeah, my other responsibilities, whether they're at work or at home, has been a has been something that's worked for me, and I've been able yeah. to maintain. So, kind of selfishly, you know, get up in the morning. I got those those that hour or two, yeah, that I'm not obligated somewhere else. You know, right? Well, and I would argue that's not selfishly. That's that's a great self care, which we'll talk about in a minute. And that's going to kind of be a wrap up on all this. That's you're filling your tank so you can give so to others, because from my experience with you, people come to you and ask you things because you are such a good guy and you're, you're willing to do it. You come with so much energy. You care so much about the kids. And so people are like, Oh, Clay will do it. Oh, Clay will do it. Oh, Clay will do it. Let's ask Clay. And so you kind of have that reputation. So it makes it easy, you know, so when you're that kind of a person, people automatically think of you. And I would think that would have to be tricky to be like, okay, I can't do that. I can't be everybody's everything, but also important. I love that. I could never do the three forty in the morning. Ask Amy. I am not a morning person. Um, <laughs> that has not changed no matter what I've tried, but I do 
I do relate to the fact that I get up between 5.30 and 6 in the morning, even though I don't have to be to work till between 8.30 and 9, because I need that quiet time. Right, and right, it's yeah. and it allows me to get what I need. And if I don't get it and I just wake up and roll out like I used to when I was in my 20s and 30s, like I just wake up and roll out and go to my day, I, I find. So I do understand that never 3.40, but even for 5.30 for me is a stretch. Like people well, I that do know me, go to bed early. Yeah. I was going to say, what time do you go to bed? If I've had that time, uh, I can justify for myself and probably physically and emotionally, I sure. I can go on and do the rest of it. I can say, okay, right. I've had my time. Now I can, you know, yeah. do what I have to do. So yeah, absolutely. You feel energized to do that. So this next one, you've kind of all spoken to. So you've all talked about the importance of workouts, the quiet time, the time for yourself, the yoga, the mind, you know, just the mindfulness time. So this one is and taking care of our emotional health as much as our physical health and some practices you put in play. I would say you've already all spoken to that to a degree, but tell me what you've noticed about the difference in that the last two years of what's needed more attention, I guess would say, since you've all kind of spoken to that. Does that question make sense? Sure. I think so. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. And Clay, you said sure first, so we're going to start with you. (laughs) You know, really, guys, last year, there was a day, I mean, during that first year back, was it last year? God. Yeah, um, I know. I know. So it was bewildering. It was, you know, I don't know. I don't want to use say confused, but it was discouraging. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I, yeah. I've, you know, I was sort of on board with mask wearing and let's address this and let's be supportive and positive, but let's be cautious. And this is a real thing. And really, I mean, it didn't, not everybody was. Yeah, especially at Cooper. (laughs) Yeah. And I really had the feeling that the powers that be, they defaulted to the mandated requirements. We'll do this. But I I didn't get a feeling that their um, philosophy or their personal beliefs backed it, you know. Right. Yeah. Their hearts were not in it. Their hearts were not in it. And so then so it caused me to be questioning about what was I doing? You know, here this year, um, early in the year when when we kind of had a resurge. Yeah. And but we'd stop wearing masks. We'd stop wearing masks at school. And I mean, you know, that's a whole thing. I mean, to get all into all that. But yeah, it takes an emotional toll. It Well, you know, yeah, it makes me think, you know, am I am I weak? Am I not? You know, am I not dedicated enough or am I being over? obsessive, you know, so I remember feeling like, really, I probably ought to put a mask back on, you know, right now, because here I am, you know, this close to students and all these different people and students that I'm, so I, you know, I really in the classroom should wear a mask. And I tried to do it and I got one of those N95 masks. Now that is a mask. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that thing, I really, I don't think the whole time I'd really ever worn it 
one of those N95s. I yes. wore some better ones and some double yes. thick ones. I wasn't just wearing a gator or yeah. a bandana. Yeah. Um, I was trying to wear a good, you know, but boy, that N95. Now I tell yeah. you what, it felt secure. Yeah. Wearing that mask, I thought this probably does protect you. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see how healthcare workers and people that had to wear those all day. Oh man, that was very uncomfortable. So, but in all that, what I'm trying to say is I tried to do that for about a, and I made it about a week. And then I was just like, God, I can't do it. You know, and nobody else is doing it. Yeah. A couple of dedicated teachers. Yeah. Kind of tried to get their mask back on for the, you know, for the, for the kind of surge mm-hmm. and, but I couldn't maintain it. And I, you know, and, I, and it, and I thought, you know, what's, am I just flippant? Uh, you know, do I not have, you know, the intestinal fortitude to do what's <laughs> right. So that whole kind of just kind of confused, um, indecisive, yeah feeling about the whole thing and yeah. uh you know there was a day i came in i mean i was like on the verge of tears off mm. and on and there yeah. was a day <laughs> and of course i had the bad habit i'd listen to a podcast i'd listen to the news while i was driving the bus i'd have one ear and i listened to the news kind of while i'm mm. you know yeah. And sometimes, of course, the political climate was so hectic th- then, and I would just be beside myself when I yeah. <laughs> finally had to realize I quit doing that. I quit listening yeah. to that news. I mean, yeah. Just, and but I came in one morning and I just went to my buddy teacher and I just like I tried to talk to her, but I couldn't talk. I I, yeah. I broke down. I was weeping. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh and later on, she told me, of course, she was very empathetic and she was kind of on the same, you know, some mm-hmm. sheet of music as I was with the whole deal. Yeah. And yeah. so we could bounce things off each other in a, in a confident way. But later on, maybe this year, she told me that that day when I came in Mm -hmm. and sort of broke down like that, that it startled her, you know, and she was kind of surprised that this big man, you know, (laughs) you know, and so all, I guess all that is to say it, it really was, I mean, trying to be, I, I'm a guy that'll hug you. And, you know, mm-hmm. my dad told me he loved me and, yeah. we, you know, so I haven't ever been a stoic, hard nosed kind of a guy, yeah. but still really, you know, a grown man walking into the classroom and can't keep from weeping. Yeah. Um to realize that the emotional aspect of this whole thing is very real and has probably encountered all of us, you know, we've all encountered it has, you know, certainly been a, 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 a revisit to, you know, to what that's all about. I mean, emotion. Yeah. You got to feel your feelings. You know? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And I think, you know, in the power and, Feeling like you have that person that you could go share that with, I think is powerful too. 
being able to just release that because it's so much to carry. Thank you so much for speaking to that. That is such a great synopsis, I think, of the experience of so many across the country. Thank you so much. Well, thinking about 2020, I didn't think anything would be harder than that year. Mm. And then we started 21, 22, and it felt like everything was doubly difficult and I couldn't figure out why. And it's, it's because I feel like we had the chance. We, um, the, the state legislature, the, the, the federal government had the opportunity to reimagine education um, because we, we saw what, what you could do with, with the virtual aspect. But that it, this year I feel like has been more frustrating and more difficult because they doubled down on everything we know is not good for kids, is not good for mm. teachers. With, with it's it, in Texas, we're back back as normal with testing and and those things. And I think I took a day in September to to start my counseling sessions, and I cried the whole time because I was so frustrated and tired and exhausted. And so I had to make that decision, you know, when going through counseling and, and earlier this year, um, it was late January. I decided that I have to leave education in order to protect my emotional health. Mm. Um, because it's my mom, um, said that after I made that decision, she could see a difference in just my everyday demeanor and, and the way I talked and just like my body realized that I had made a good decision for myself. And now I'm struggling with the guilt of that. Yeah. Well, and Morgan shared this with me a couple of weeks ago and it brought to mind, I, that's been happening across the country. I mean, I think it was in the fall. There was a report out of the Metroplex, the Dallas Metroplex. Mm -hmm. Seven superintendents were going into early retirement because of the weight of this. And that's happening across the country. And I think it's up to 10 now. Is it up to 10? In that same area. Yeah. I mean, that speaks to it right there. Amy, you're in Washington. So you have had a little different experience than the wide openness of Texas. So Mm -hmm. talk about that. We just actually got rid of masks on the twenty, no, the twelfth of March. Mm-hmm. So the fourteenth of March, kids were able to come without masks. The interesting thing, which really surprised me, um, and I kind of did some observing and then kind of like had some epiphanies about it, was that when we came back to school at our school, and I don't know if it's because we have more minorities at our school or lower socioeconomic because I talked to some people in some different socioeconomic situations and their kids like, oh yeah, we had like 30% of our uh, kids that were still wearing masks. We probably had 70 to 80% that Monday were wearing masks. And I was so surprised that there were that many. Yeah. And then I kind of thought about it and was just kind of talking and observations uh, with some other adults there. And I think it part of it had to do with uh, the minorities. We have more minor, minor, minorities, and I and COVID hit them hard. And so I'm sure yes. they're hearing that you know at home, and you know let's you know protect ourselves a little longer. So I think that was part of it. Um, and then um, I think a lot of it was kids use the mask as a security blanket. 
Mm. And I was like, oh, that's like really sad. But then as I thought more about it, I realized that, you know what? It's okay. I'm actually glad because I was concerned that there would be this minority of students who felt like they wanted to keep wearing their masks and the majority wouldn't, and they would maybe get made fun of or, you know, whatever, because they're still wearing this mask. And I realized that this was a good thing because kids could then, nobody was making fun of them. Yeah. Kids could then choose to drop the mask when they felt more comfortable. And that has happened gradually. And so Mm. I think it's actually been a really good thing. Um, to see that because kids are just making the choice on their own and it doesn't seem to be an issue on either side, whether, you know, groups of friends, some kids are wearing a mask and some kids aren't. So it doesn't seem to be an issue. So I I think that that's been um, a good thing and, but it surprised me. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, with, with our, at least at our school, our administration, I, I felt that they were really like following the rules but it never felt like they were fearful or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just like kind of going along. This is what we have to do. We have to wear masks. We have to socially distance, that, that kind of stuff. And I think it was pretty, pretty balanced, pretty calm. I know at other schools, it wasn't necessarily like that. Yeah. Um, and there was either, you know, maybe too loose, but probably more on the, oh my gosh, you know, um, more fearful. And yeah. so that was, um, I think, was an issue places. It's been interesting talking to different staff members um, mm. as they come into the library. And and I try to just be uh, as open as possible because there's definitely the extremes. You know, people are sure. like, you know, get, get, off, get these masks off. This is stupid, blah, blah, blah. Don't want to get vaccinated. And then there's the other, like, there are still people that are very fearful. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason. And so um that's been sort of interesting to sort of have those conversations with people. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, as they, um, as the, the year goes on and hopefully the cases stay down that they'll be able to overcome some of that fear, you know, sure. I understand if you know, some of them have some medical issues or live with people that they need to, you know, um, take care of and take care of mm-hmm. themselves. Um, but for the ones that are sort of like using it, um, it's, it's more of a security blanket. I, I think yeah. that that will, it will happen and it'll be okay, yeah. you know, yeah. but yeah, it's been very interesting here, you know, yeah. sometimes frustration, you know, because I think, you know, that it was too extreme here, mm-hmm. but then on the other side, um, you know, just trying to understand um, people and where they're coming from as well. So I think it's yeah. given me a lot better understanding of just people in general and trying to just listen to both sides, even mm. if I don't agree with one side, that's been a, a, a really good thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you for all those lenses. I think that's, and I think that's a great, and that's why I was excited to have a mixture of people from different parts of the country here, because how those experiences have been different and affected you, but still also the same in trying to find a different way to navigate a time that no one was ever prepared for or trained for. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. We are down to our rapid fire. And I think this is going to be a good wrap up here of what we've talked about. And I'm going to start with Morgan. Name five activities that nourish you. Um, My number one activity is reading. I, I love to read and to talk about reading and to talk about books and share books. So I'm, I'm that friend in our group who's always 
connecting whatever topic we're discussing to a book I've read and, and recommending it, which leads me to my next was um, laughing and or crying with friends, um, <laughs> listening to podcasts like this and some that feature strong women, empowering other strong women. Like um, I listen to Hysteria from Crooked Media and mm. Undistracted with Brittany Packnett Cunningham. And I've started listening to the Teacher Career Coach podcast where mm. she kind of walks you through how to transfer skills to other areas outside of education. Mm. Puzzles and then counseling were my other. Yeah. How about five words on how you want to feel the next six months? Since I made the decision to leave education, I'm, I'm hoping mm. I feel relieved of some of the stress and, and the yeah. guilt for what I'm not able to do, affirmed in my choice, and that I find something um, because I've never pictured myself doing anything other than teaching. Hopefully mm. empowered, energized, and motivated to start expanding my world because I yeah. feel like I've, I've kind of lived in the education bubble and exploring new things. So. Yeah. Clay, how about you? Five activities that nourish you. Exercise, uh, you know, formal gym routine. Um, mm -hmm. But I lap swim and do some other cardio type stuff too. Meditation. I really do try to practice a seated, silent, you know, Vipassana kind of a meditation. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll use, I use a couple of apps to do that. Yeah. Um, making art, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so. Art teacher. That I'm makes an sense. art teacher. And <laughs> so, although I never feel like I really am making a real artwork, I'm just kind of <laughs> making the example, you know, yeah. to kind of guide the students. Um I really <laughs> probably don't realize how therapeutic that is for me to just be engaged sure. in that making, creating. And then podcast listening too. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm always listening to podcasts. I really practically never listen to music anymore. It's always a uh, spoken word. I mean, I'm listening mm -hmm. to several different ones on all kinds of topics. I mean, everything is out there. That is, you yeah. know, anything you're thinking about, oh, they got a podcast for that. Um, <laughs> And when my wife and I, when Angela and I are really able to just sit and chit chat just last night, you know, for the first time, cause the weather's just changing. Yeah. It wasn't windy and blowing dirt in your face. Yes. Yes. And yes. Just last night we were sitting on the back porch and, you know, we were just chatting about whatever topics and family and, you know, and mm -hmm. she was talkative and I wanted to respond and the weather was nice. So, yeah, you know, how, uh, nourishing, you know, that time is so. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about five words on how you want to feel the next six months? In the next six months, I want to feel energetic. I want to feel engaged and I want to be enthusiastic. So mm -hmm. I want to have those things going, but at the same time, and maybe seem what, somewhat contradictory. I want to feel content mm. and I want to feel grateful. You know? Yeah. So I want to remember my gratitude. Yeah. Um, so. Absolutely. That's a really important one right now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just no try to doubt. dig into that. All right. Thank you. All right, Amy, bring us home. Um, five activities that nourish you. All right. Well, travel and camping. 
being out in nature, exercising. I'm not sure if that's something I love, but it's a necessity that definitely nourishes me. Good conversations with my husband, family and friends, like some good deep conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, Reading, of course, because, you know, I'm a librarian. Yeah. (laughs) And um, my quiet time with God. That's definitely my biggest nourisher. Um, And Morgan, if you haven't ever thought about being a librarian, you know, it's a good gig if you don't want to completely get out of education. Well, I, <laughs> I actually took, I took a semester of that, of, of, in library, starting library science, uh-huh. my degree uh, in 2011, which was when the first billion dollar budget cuts in Texas started um. and they started cutting librarians and librarians in Texas aren't being well supported these days. So that's a bummer. It's, public in public education and public library. So it's, yeah. it's really, I, I would love to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it's definitely been a good gig. So maybe, maybe it'll come up in the future for you. <laughs> yeah. you love reading. Yes. Yeah. All right. How about five words on how you want to feel in the next six months, Amy? Hopeful, uh, content, motivated, because I have a lot of some, some big things coming up just that I need to do in the fall. Grateful. And mm-hmm. more laughter. Mm. That's a great way to bring it home because I think all of us could agree more laughter and the freedom to to feel it and and just feel it fully and not mm-hmm. feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Step absolutely. Yeah. Thank you all so much for this. I am so appreciative of all you do and your authenticity and your vulnerability and sharing these things podcast audience you're going to want to have your notes and maybe your tissue with you because we you know we touched on some big stuff today i'm just so appreciative of all you do and and being willing to share this episode again check out these resources they've shared some great resources today those will also be on the resources page on our website this is just part one we're going to have another group of teachers from the state of north carolina So it'll be interesting to hear what they have to say. But thank you all so much today for joining me. I appreciate you all so much. Thank you. Podcast audience, have a great week. Let us know what you're thinking. Drop us a DM on Instagram. Let us know if you have some thoughts to share with us about what you've heard today. It's it's a crazy time right now. We We got to hold each other up and be there for each other. So take care, everyone, and have a great week.